0: Welcome to Plato's Gravity. My name is Aaron. Hey, I'm Jason. And we tell stories through the eyes of home brewers. Today on the show, we will have Jay Barzik with us. Uh, He is a home brewer, uh, and he will uh, let us know a little bit about his Twitch channel uh, and his other online social media platforms where he communicates about brewing um, in
1: that way. Uh, and just to be clear, like I know we said we're gonna tell stories through the eyes of home brewers. It's actually the, through their mouths. It would be like audio doesn't work with looking at at eyes. So uh, before we start talking to the Twitch brewer uh,
0: Jason, uh, yeah. actually the Twitch brewer's name is Jason, and your name is Jason. That's so true. Everyone needs to keep up on this episode. Uh, have you, Jason, ever watched uh, t- Brewing on Twitch?
1: I've not watched Brewing on Twitch. I've watched ridiculous amounts of Twitch. I actually fall asleep to Twitch uh, every night now. It's become my nightly ritual of instead of taking time to play video games, I watch other people play video games and then reminisce about the point in my life where I could play video games. Yeah, I think video games for me are, for some people they call it idealized work,
0: and I just think <laughs> it's work. So watching people do it seems way better. Uh, I uh, don't know if I like the idea of watching brewers uh, as long because I don't feel like you don't. I don't get to drink the beer.
1: Well, uh, I think the the idea is figuring out how to make the beer and exploring new um, uh, new methods. You might not necessarily be able to try out yourself. Seeing what other people are doing and thinking about the probably like the equipment that maybe you should get down the line. You know. Well, I wonder if, uh, if, if Jason uses uh, some interesting
0: techniques in his Twitch to uh, let people see different styles of brewing. We will ask him in just a moment, but first, let me let you know how to get in contact with him. He is at Jay's Beer Review. He is there on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and there's one more. Jason, what did I forget? The last one is Untapped Untapped, that's right, absolutely So we know what he has consumed and By the way, you can also find Plato's Gravity on Untapped at, at Plato's Gravity Fantastic, Jason, how are you today? I'm doing well, how about you guys? We are doing very well The, uh, the first segment of our show uh, is the segment where we drink a beer chosen by our guest. So, uh, Jason, what do you choose for us today?
2: Well, uh, so today uh, I chose a beer that's actually uh, new to me. I've, I've never seen this one before. I actually got an email from my uh, local good beer store. Uh, and so the one I chose is Abita's Hop On Juicy Pale.
0: Juicy Pale. Now, I, I have to admit, I, uh, I've never – had a juicy pale. I've read lots about them and heard lots about them, and I'm not opposed to them like some people are. There seems to be a, they seem to be pretty polarizing. Uh, is this your first foray into the juicy pale?
2: Uh, well, the juicy pale, you know. So I I I got this, and I thought originally it was a juicy IPA, uh, but turns out it's actually a juicy pale. So I'm like, all right, well, it's, it's going to be like a hazy New England style pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, I, I've done the uh i've done the new england ipas on my on my facebook or on my youtube Mm. and i am not a huge fan of them um i really do not care for like the real like gummy texture uh to me it seems usually like you lose a lot of the sharpness when you have all like the oats and all the other stuff in it yeah um so normally for me, like when I'm drinking an IPA, I like that, you know, that real nice, like classic citrusy hop and, you know, the New England stuff doesn't really go for that as much.
1: Well, and I, I, so there's a, been a trend that I've been noticing a lot lately where I'm seeing a lot of like haze beers just across the board, just whatever we can get to, you know, whatever adjuncts we can throw in just to get stuff not to crash out and it's almost like, um, it's almost like sours were a few years back. And and sours are still pretty big and maybe they're just yeah. now uh hitting like the 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 super mainstream everyone's got to have all this sour tart pucker face. But I I keep seeing more and more haze beers come out and I I think it's fine. I think they're drinkable, but it's just not it's just not my bag, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I I agree with you completely. Like I said, I mean IPA' is probably my favorite style, but these New England ones are not my forte. And yeah, um, I, I get upset like I'll go to the beer store and I'll buy a, a new IPA off the shelf i'll bring it home turns out it's a hazy ipa (laughs) you gotta watch the label (laughs) yeah like that's okay but you gotta tell me beforehand you know yeah Yeah.
1: well and it's almost like uh, if it's one you haven't tried uh, nowadays it probably is like i'm having a hard time finding unless i i just get a run-of-the-mill sierra nevada torpedo something i know a classic ipa you know, chances yeah. are I'm going to open it up and it's going to look like it's not done. And I know it is. <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. Well, that's actually, that brings
0: an interesting point. I think, I, w- I wonder how the, the the hazy, this kind of dynamic where you're afraid to pick up a hazy IPA is affecting some of the more classics like the Sierra Nevada Pale in terms of of, of sales.
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny because I actually, one of my favorite IPAs is uh, from Buckle Down. Okay. Um they just they do like just their regular IPA is awesome. I saw a six pack of their beer that was uh, just a different kind of IPA. I was like, man, I need to try that, and mm. that was the one I brought at home. It was super hazy, and I was like, man, <laughs> like I, I wish they told me beforehand. I still like Buckle Down, but I was a little pissed at them. You know what?
1: <laughs> I, I, I like that they're trying new things, right? Like it's yeah, it's, exactly. And I under I understand it is a it is a popular trendy thing to be doing nowadays. It'll pass. This too shall pass. And we'll yeah, get back yeah. to our classic, clear, slightly off color, just gorgeous, delicious IPAs. We'll get there. We'll get back.
2: <laughs> As, I mean, you, you said it. It's like, you know, it's these super delicious, just nice, crisp IPAs that are just good drinking beer.
1: Yeah. I. So do you like, uh, do you typically like the more American style IPAs or. Um,
2: oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure I do. I mean, right. I think probably one of my favorite overall beers is um, Avery's Maharaja, which okay. is, of course, a double IPA. So not, you know, not the same. Thing. I do not believe that I have had that. Oh, man, it's it is just one of the absolute best beers. Real snappy with the hops, but it's got this real like richness of body. OK, but I mean, that's that's it's such a good beer Um but then, you know, just regular IPA. Like I said, I mean, Buckle Down is just an awesome IPA too. But that's, you know, I, I'm not sure how available that is. Yeah,
1: throughout I was gonna country, say, you know? like, uh, where is Buckle Down?
2: They're in uh, Lyons, Illinois, so they're actually okay. really close to me.
1: Okay. Well, if you're ever so, in I mean, Indiana, you're at, they're you at should... my
2: local beer store. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're ever in Indiana, you should try the Daredevil IPA. It sounds uh, it sounds and tastes a lot like what you do, uh, what you just described. Hmm. Um, so, so who makes that one? Uh, Daredevil is the is the brewery. Which oh, it's there. It's their liftoff IPA. Yeah, liftoff. Oh, okay, cool. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, it's it, it it's tremendous.
2: So, what do you think of this beer? Uh actually, I I, I I'm surprised by how good it is. Yeah. Um, you know the uh, again one of the reasons I picked Abita is because I you know I've I've been brewing for about ten years mm-hmm. and um Abita has been around for a long time and they were one of the first I tried and I'm like. Eh, their, their beer's okay. It's all right. Yeah. um And then, you know, it wasn't until I actually went to New Orleans where I got to try their beer fresh and actually appreciate it. But, you know, they, they recently did a wrought iron IPA. Mm-hmm. I like that one so much that I wrote them an email and I said, man, your beers are, like, mediocre at best, but this beer is awesome. <laughs> did they respond? They did, man, and I'm sure they really appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but they actually sent me a pint glass. Oh, so, nice! I mean, nice. I, you know, I I told I'm like, dude, your your beers are okay, they're fine, but you know, they're they're on like a really good course, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and and that's the thing is I I've been drinking beer for quite some time. I'm craft beer specifically, and I also worked at a liquor store for a little bit. I kind of can see these trends coming and going, and mm-hmm. seeing how like breweries treat their customers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And a beat they don't, they they're 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 good they're like a solid mainstay nothing special to them but they really have like a a soft spot in my heart I guess
1: well and I think there's the, sorry Aaron you were gonna say something
0: well I mean I I think what's interesting about this specific beer you mentioned that you were surprised how good it is for me this doesn't seem like too much of a departure from an IPA it looks it looks hazy it's a it's a little unclear um, and I feel like it's my and I know it's a pale ale, but it, for me, pale ale and IPA are just we use those interchangeably in in the beer world sure. today. Um, it looks it, it looks different, but it tastes kind of like an IPA with a little less bitterness. Almost like if you brewed the beer without uh, any bittering hops or only a few bittering hops. Uh, but other than that, it, it doesn't it doesn't taste gummy or anything like that. I wish I had done a little homework and had a New England IPA before we were on here so I could compare it to something. But this is really good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I I um I've like I said on my on my YouTube channel I have a uh, I think two different videos of uh New England IPA. And in and one I actually compare and contrast uh uh Noon Whistles gummy something. Mm. And then uh uh Dirty Dank Juice from uh Outside Ales. And oh,
1: I've never had that but I love that name.
2: Oh, uh, it's such a good name. I actually, I in the video I had to just peeled a sticker off. I'm like I need this for later. <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, you know, both those beers, I mean, I can appreciate what they are, but they're just not my, not my cup of tea. But yeah, I think you hit it right in the head though. It's like, this is, it's got a little bit of haze to it. It's just my complaint about New England is that I th- I feel like a lot of the characters get muddled up, mm. but this beer is not really presenting like that. My complaint about New England is the Patriots. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Fantastic. So uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm glad you chose this beer for us. Even though, again, I haven't had a New England IPA. I'm gonna call this a, a nice transition beer. So I feel like folks should uh, should check it out.
1: Well, and that's the thing is like again, I, I don't know that they've been calling them New England IPAs. I've had so many haze beers lately, and they have yeah. all kind of blended together. This is nice. This is refreshing. I like this. This is. I would. Uh, I think we'll finish off the six pack.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I'm surprised, and I I got it for um I think nine dollars for a six pack, so very reasonable in yeah. in my market. That's
0: we were we were at nine ninety nine, so uh, oh, right yeah. the same Ooh. right in the same right in the same ballpark. Uh, so let's I uh, want to learn a little bit more about uh, Jason the brewer. You said you've been brewing for ten years. Uh, how'd you get started? Why'd you start?
2: So uh so I mean the the why I got started is because I got interested in beer. Um, but the how I got started is the uh, the good part. Um, so. I was, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm married now. I was dating my wife at the time. She was uh, at her parents' place, and they lived right down the street from a homebrew and hydroponic growing supply store. Okay, nice. All right. So one day, I'm 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 driving by the brew and grow, and I'm like, man, I just want to stop in there and just see what's going on. So my first stop in, I had just turned 21. Um, I picked up Charlie Papazian's Joy of Homebrewing. Nice. Classic. And I mean, I had to have read that just 3 times in a row, like just going through all the recipes and the process and procedure and all that. I got super into uh, like checking the online forums. I mean, I'd be on those like 4 or 5 times a day just checking stuff, responding.
1: Mm.
2: And I you know, I started just as an extract brewer and my my first batch was uh, a Southern English Brown that came from Brewer's Best Kit. Nice. That's and it was it was it was okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was you know it was good enough for me to keep going. You, you get those so, kits, you know, you're gonna
1: make you're gonna make beer.
2: Well, and that's the thing is I'm like you know drinking it. I'm like, well, hey man, I've I've had a lot of beer that was worse than this. Yeah. So I mean, I I picked that up. My my second batch was a uh, recipe that I had formulated myself with like the help of the people online and you know from then on it went from extract to partial mash to all grain to doing all grain 10 gallons you know full keg system in the basement and whatnot you know i just really having fun with it you know
0: what do you think was your, so you actually had a, a really nice progression uh we started brewing about a year ago and we did one right. batch of extract and then switched to brewing a bag so straight there but yeah. you kind of went through the kind of the more traditional path of of you know extract mini mash all grain bigger all grain. What would you say is your favorite improvement to your brewing?
2: I mean, I think I think the uh, improvements that made my beer taste a lot better was the actual all grain because I you know when I started I feel like the extracts were not as high quality as they are now, hmm. and even like the brew in the bag stuff I so i' I've, I've been brewing for about ten years. I had a little hiatus, like had some kids and uh you know that'll do it yeah when i when I see people online now, I mean the vast majority of people are either doing like the all grain in the cooler or doing the brew in the bag. It's super easy yeah sure. yeah absolutely and i mean when i when I was brewing like you know full steam, that was like, oh, a couple of dudes in Australia are doing <laughs> brew in the bag system
0: yeah that, I mean that's where that's where brewing a bag started and yeah. I was kind of lucky. I read the article. Uh, uh, I read an article from the the, the the brew in a bag organization. Like uh, like two weeks after we did our first extract brew, and I was moaning because I wanted to go all
2: all grain, but I didn't want to spend the money on the
0: equipment. And I was like, "Wait, all we need to do is buy a bag."
2: Boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's 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 super easy and super accessible for for you know somebody who wants to be making good beer at home. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh, it, it it has served us well and like i i i've gone through sort of similar a similar trajectory where i I did it for a few years mostly extract brewing back uh, around the end of college and then you get a job and you know girlfriend and and life happens and then yeah so how did you end up getting back into it well so
2: just uh just this year, actually, this July, mm. my wife and I actually bought our own house. Oh, nice! Oh, congratulations! congratulations. Oh, yeah, thank you, guys. It's it's been awesome. And so, you know, I was uh, I was I was actually went to school to teach. So I was teaching in Chicago.
1: Okay. Lucrative big- career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: After the uh, the teacher strike that was in Chicago, the following year I got laid off. Okay. Wound up teaching in the Chicago suburbs. Yes, okay. a uh, a school is it's called a regional safe school okay what is not that, that not that my school was safe <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: but the idea is that by getting all of like the kids who should be expelled and putting them all into one school, all of the district schools are much safer right
0: I bet that had some 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 life uh and eye opening experiences for you
2: yeah that was you know that was probably the time that I needed beer the most when i couldn't be brewing
1: <laughs> oh. so
2: um, but, yeah, so I was, I was living in apartments, and, you know, I just didn't have the space. I was able to brew a little bit at my, uh, my in-law's place, my yeah. father-in-law's place, because he let me keep all my equipment there, and he had a lot of room. Nice. Um, but then he moved to Michigan, so... I, I there was basically uh, a year and a half that I could not brew, and then my wife and I bought our house, and now I, I told her I was like, "Babe, I'll get whatever house you want, but I need space to brew in that garage."
0: Yeah, that is uh, that's a very simple requirement too. That's nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, whatever you want, just give me my space.
1: How that how how'd that work out for you?
2: Oh, very well. I, I actually I, I love our house.
1: Okay. So. Does he still live um, I, up in uh, up around Chicago?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually right down the street from a new brewery. It's okay. Energy City Brewing.
0: Right, um, you did a review on uh, on your on your uh, on your YouTube channel of their yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's it's a really interesting joint. They're only open one day a month. Okay. Um, he he has maybe like maybe six beers available when they open, and he's like a a, a chemical engineer. Who just brews on the side and then you know he sells his bottles.
1: Okay,
0: oh. that seems like hey, you know what? If you, I, I think that's one of the the interesting things. It's it's when you're starting off brewing or people talk to you when you brew beer. Your friends who don't brew beer always will ask you, "Hey man, are you going to open a brewery?" Yeah, and I, I think for me, I was always like, "No, that's a lot of work. I just want to drink beer." <laughs> How do you feel about that? Like, are, is brewing something that you would ever be interested in doing professionally, or is this uh, just a hobby?
2: In most realistic terms, it's just a hobby. But I, I just feel like the the market is so saturated now. I mean, like I said, I used to, I used to work at a liquor store, and the shelves are just so full of like mediocre beer. Yeah. That in order for you to really do well and to have like a huge name, you have to make just phenomenal beer. You know. Right, and it needs to be.
0: Something that like it's this like balance between stuff that you know everyone is going to like, or there's new and edgy, or you can go in kind of different directions. But oh, yeah, you, you yeah. got to find an audience, and I think even if you have great beer, it's finding the audience that that is uh, probably the, the the biggest red flag for me, if not the alcohol laws.
1: Well, and I think sure, yeah, of course, it's pr- it's probably. Um, I mean, just given how easy it is easy in in air quotes how easy it is to keep things sterile now and how well kept or or how well available uh, the right yeast and the right hops are almost nowhere no matter where you are it's kind of hard to make a bad beer and it still happens but like like no beer is like i'm not going to pick any bottle up off a shelf and be like oh this is garbage i'm going to throw this away like it'll be drinkable but I'm not yeah. going to get excited about it.
2: Right. That That's the thing is like, you know, I, I, for the longest time, I, I really enjoyed Goose Island beer. Mm. And I think like after they, you know, the whatever happened with buyouts and all that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like their beer has changed because they had the gold medal winning English IPA and you drink their IPA now. I don't think you're winning any medals with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Goose Island IPA was absolutely one of my favorite IPAs. And, you know, I think one of the things that's interesting is Jason and I talked about when we were – because, you know, we start every episode with with a beer picked by the uh, the guest. And we talked a little bit about like, well, are, are we going to have requirements for, for that beer? Like are we going to avoid, you know, the breweries that have been bought out or things like that? And we essentially went away from that because we feel like all craft beer, e- e- even in that state – if we get people to drink beer that's different and interesting who weren't drinking that before that's great plus we have the problem of like availability those big brewers if they all get bought out then it's hard to find stuff that's distributed throughout but i think that's a a really interesting thing that's happening in the beer industry and the
1: sort of uh singularity that's coming about
2: Mm -hmm. but i mean i think you're totally right about that you know you you come to a point to where like okay well I don't like that brewery because they took whatever dirty money or something yeah but at the same time like you know I say look to the beer like is it really good beer if it is then I'd still drink it you I, know
1: I I mean I I've never I've I will never turn down a Blue Moon I know that maybe maybe that's just <laughs> me and I know they didn't even start as a small brewery it was just it was always Coors I think making blue moon and that's fine i think it's a nice tasty like oh i'm feeling a little uh uh, uh insert random adjective here i'll have ai yeah. feel like i need a beer i'll have a blue moon <laughs> yeah
2: yeah you know? and you know what that's the thing is um like i said i was working in a liquor store and our number one seller was always miller light i mean you're never gonna go get away from that because that's what people you know, they, they don't care what they're drinking. They just want something to drink.
1: Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, shitty beer? Oh, I do,
2: man. I got Genesee Cream Ale uh, right now in my fridge. Okay. All right. Nice.
1: Jason,
0: uh, uh, Jason of Plato's Gravity yeah. uh, <laughs> rocks the
2: hams more often uh, than he I, should. Did I hear that right? I feel like hams won like uh, some kind of best of award.
1: Did it? Because it is oh it's the worst you know what hams taste like what? hams taste like it cost $11 for 30 cans that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. like you still you could pay less no I, I actually I started getting it because there was like a barcade near uh where I live where you could get a hams for $3 and then just play video games and, yeah I mean why not you know yeah and so then I, I looked at I saw it in the store and I was like Oh my God, you can get, I mean, you literally could get 30 cans at one point for $11 and I was like, oh my God, I will just have beer forever if I get this.
2: Let me tell you this. So I actually went on a crusade and I said to myself that I need to find the absolute best cube of beer you can buy. Oh yeah. So by cube, I mean, of course, a 30 pack.
1: Yeah. The dirty 30.
2: So I tried basically everything that's available at my local place. Hmm. And uh, I settled on Genesee as being my favorite. I also think that Boxer, which makes a, a 36 pack. Oh. It is just so God awful. <laughs> I would not feed that to like a dying dog.
0: Like, why don't you guys try a little harder and I'll take six
2: less. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the way it works, man. Um, but no, I mean, I, I like Genesee just as my cheap beer. Although I will say my old beer managers told me it gives him the blood farts. Oh, so, that,
1: that is. He should get that checked out.
2: Yeah, I so it's oddly specific, that. but um, that's, you know, he, he wouldn't drink it. He just wouldn't. I mean, it sounds like he shouldn't. How often is he, I mean,
0: it, I feel like if, if beer is doing this to you, are you sure it's the beer? How often do you drink the beer? Um, you're not you, supposed to drink the can.
2: Well, it's, I told him he's got to stop butt chugging it, so that, that's yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. man.
0: Yeah, you gotta be careful with that key when you do that shotgun, you know, you gotta keep those, yeah. keep that aluminum on one piece.
1: <laughs> Real question, are you, so are you still working at the, the school with the, uh, where it basically it's just like the, the local the jail?
2: Yeah. Um. I actually am not. Okay. Uh, so I, I worked there up until just this last school year. So okay. this is the first year that I'm not teaching. I, every year I've done like, so I've, I've taught, I've done summer school. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been in academia a lot. Yeah. And um, I taught at that school for about four years and I did not like it at all ever. Okay. And then my, my wife, you know, after having the kids, like she was like, you know what? I'm making enough money. Why don't you stay home? It'll take care of our daycare costs, and so I work a little bit part time, and and you know everything kind of balances out in the end. That's
1: that's kind of uh, I mean that's awesome. So did that experience inform you? What is the question I'm looking for? Well, did they let you brew more? Well,
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm staying home, and uh, you know we just bought a house, so I, I got I got the beer space, and I got. I got everything I need. So uh,
0: I, I think um, we're going to take uh, a quick break coming up here uh, to uh, pause the show where we might add ad space but probably won't because we're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> we're going to put music in because uh, that's what we do when when you want to keep the format the same. And when we come back,
1: <laughs> uh, we are Hello, going to – Hello, fourth wall. We're going to break you.
0: Yeah, I'm really <laughs> – I meant to break the fourth wall after I announced the break and I failed. And then
1: now we're just breaking the fourth wall by talking about the fourth wall – so
2: when we this come back, so meta.
1: we're we're gonna talk to Jay uh, about uh, uh, about the worst beer
0: he's ever made.
1: It was so exciting whenever you travel out. I gotta stop running on the table. It was so exciting when you used to travel out east. And like everyone's like, oh man, you got to try Yingling. It's it's a thing that exists, and like now that they're distributed everywhere, like people got really excited about it. But I don't remember it. I don't remember it being that great. Like it's not bad. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. No. I
2: um I will definitely say. So I used to work at uh uh, uh Okay. So I don't know if you know what that is or not. I but don't. Uh... It's like a liquor, wine, beer, they do they do everything. Oh, uh, actually their their slogan is if you can't find it at Binnie's, it's not worth drinking. Okay. That's I don't know if I agree with that, but they have a lot of stuff. Okay. But um you know in Illinois Yingling's not available. Yeah. Oh and so everyone would come in. Oh man I need I need that I need that 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 Yingling stuff. I had it when I was visiting uh, you know Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm like yeah go back to Philadelphia and get it dude <laughs> Uh, it's not this is
1: not actually here's a question that uh, maybe we, is, there a, is there a beer that you would travel for
2: oh uh, no
1: okay that's <laughs> no that's completely you know what uh there was one beer that I actually did I didn't travel for but I was I was excited that I was traveling because of this beer and you've probably at, at some point in your life had it um, cause it's a region beer and I was, I was going up to Chicago for a concert and on my way, I decided to stop at three Floyds because three Floyds used to distribute this beer that no one else ever talks about that no one else likes called pride and joy. Mm, yeah. And I was obsessed with this beer. I don't know why I thought it was good. And the only time you can get it now is sometimes they have it on draft.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, remind me, is Pride and Joy, that's their lager or they're like, mild?
1: It is uh, an APA.
2: An APA, okay. Yeah.
1: And they did not have it on draft at the time.
2: Yeah, and I, I remember working at the store, we would get it, like, once in a while. Yeah. And actually, I will say, uh, I, I thought it was pretty decent. That said... I do not purchase Three Floyd's products.
1: Okay. Now, why is that?
2: (laughs) Well, okay. So, like I said, my my in-laws are in Michigan now. Mm -hmm. They've actually had land there for quite some time. And so I went to, like, it was like a guy's weekend thing with my my Mm father-in-law. And we stopped at Three Floyd's Brewery on the way there. And this, I mean, I, I haven't been back since, but yeah. my understanding is that if you go there now, it's like a, a wait list and like they call you. And if you're not there in so much time, whatever. Yeah. I yeah. went like it was me and there was like one dude sitting on a couch. <laughs> so it was like back in the day. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm talking to the guy and he's just like, didn't want to give me time of day. You know, I'm like, dude, if you, uh, if you don't want me there, then I won't buy your stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, when, when there's so much good beer around.
1: It's one of those things where, and, and I have a soft spot for Three Floyds just because it is one of the first, I feel like they've been around most of my drinking life. So I'm, what, I'm 31. And so legally I've been drinking for 10, 10 years ish. Uh, and give or take a year yeah give or take a year and and they were like uh they were one of the first things you could get around here that just would just hop the fuck out of anything they just were like yeah. let's just throw it just all of them in there and see what happens
2: <laughs> yeah uh, and that, that's the thing is I, I will definitely admit to you three floyds make some good beer um yeah. i got a guy who lives like down the street from three floyds and every time he comes to visit me he brings it like, Dude, that's you why you I don't have, have to buy it. <laughs> 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 but he's like, yeah, you didn't buy it, I bought it. But I mean, they they definitely make good beer. Don't get me wrong about that.
1: Yeah, oh, um, uh, that's okay. Like, uh, and again, like, even if even if they even if you're like, oh, they make shit beer, well, I, then you don't like it, and I can like it, and
2: we oh can- yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the thing is like, one of my first, uh, actually, the very first IPA I had was um, the Mad Hatter from New Holland. Oh yeah. And uh, like, I was actually, I was at a party and the premise of the party is you bring a six pack mm. and then like you run into somebody and you're like, oh, hey, I want to try one of yours. You take his and you switch it with yours. Oh, and, I, like you that. Know? I like
0: this idea for a party. Yeah. So
2: it's like by the, by the end of the party, you've had six different beers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was like, I, I picked it up. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to try it. And that was the first IP I had. And I mean, it was just so good. It was like, I'd never had anything like that before.
1: Yeah, well that would have been like like IPAs didn't really exist back then.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this I I had never had it before and like I was of course already of legal drinking age, but like Right. You know, as a 21-year-old, I wanted to seek these out now.
1: Yeah. No, I I completely You know what I found out the other day? So I was just in um Asheville, North Carolina. Oh man. Too much beer. No, don't get me started. Like, my biggest complaint is that, like, I could spend eternity there and not try them all. And that's probably okay, because some of them were just fine.
2: Sure, sure. But... I Actually, I, I had a friend who visited there recently, he brought me back, like... I forget what... It was. it was, like, a soured Saison, and it was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, well, and they... Oh, there's so much good food and, and so much good beer there. It's, it's ridiculous, but... They also have the second Sierra Nevada, like the, uh, uh, the Sierra Nevada East Coast operations are yeah, outside yeah. of Asheville. And so I took a tour of the brewery because I'd never taken a tour of something at that scale. I was yeah. just curious, like, well, what's it like in here? And on the tour, they talked about apparently Sierra Nevada has the copyright on the name Pale Ale and Porter. Really? Yeah. So like, like you can call your beer like Pride and Joy, which is a pale ale style, but you can't call it Three Floyds Pale Ale, huh? Like, because Sierra Nevada apparently in the 1980s, because literally no one else was making them, right? They just have the copyright on them. Huh. Yeah. I had no idea. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't
2: no know That's super interesting.
0: Yeah. That's that's a little bit nuts. Yeah. I, I mean, you never. I don't know any other thing called pale
2: ale. Yeah. Well, and porter too. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Like you'd be like, "Oh, hey, Black Butte Porter, right?"
0: I don't even like it's know called Black
2: Butte Baltic
0: yeah. Porter. Bam,
2: got
1: him. I don't even know <laughs> what the Sierra Nevada Porter tastes like. Oh, I've never it's had So it. good, is it? Is it? <laughs> it is <It's> very good. <laughs> that's like I've fanboyed. Uh, that's still my go-to if I'm going to a place and I have to bring beer and I don't know what people are going to drink. Like my go-to is like the Sierra Nevada Pale because it's just easy drinking. It sort of classes the joint up, you know?
2: (laughs) Well, and the one thing I'll say about Sierra Nevada is that, you know, if you think like, okay, they use like the Chico Ale yeast or the, you know, like American Ale yeast. Yeah. Every beer that they make that's like Sierra Nevada Wheat, Sierra Nevada Porter, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. like They're using Chico for everything, right? Just the perfect example of an American Ale. Yeah. Like, it's what they do, and they do it perfectly. You know?
0: Like, they should have the trademark. (laughs) They
2: win. Yeah, really. All right,
0: well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy the tunes on the break. When we come back, Jay is going to tell us about the worst beer he has ever brewed. All right, welcome back. Uh, Jay, uh, throughout the break, you had time to think about the uh, many beers you brewed and which one may be the worst. Can you tell us a story about the worst brew?
2: Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> the uh, the worst beer that I've made is uh, a straight out of like a uh, book, basically. When I was when – I, when I just turned 21, I was just reading about home brewing and um, I, I got really like super into it. And I was going to school downtown at UIC. Mm-hmm. So I had like an hour uh, train ride every day there and back. All right. So I'd always listen to the podcasts and I would always listen to the Brewing Network because I really liked Jamil Zanishev and I really liked the the shows that he was doing. Okay. So the worst beer I ever made was Jamil Zanishev's Scotch Ale. All right. Okay. And what was it? it were it was, you still brewing extract at that time?
1: He betrayed you.
2: He did. He he really did. Uh, no, that was an all-grain batch. So, you know, the thing about it is that it was such a terrible tasting beer. Um, something <laughs> had gotten into it. So I'm gonna it's say, not that it... his beer is so bad. Okay. But, I, I mean, something in my process, I introduced some kind of bug, and it just destroyed the beer. And yet, like
1: fast forward to today, and that's a perfectly marketable. Oh, you made a sour. Oh, it's got funk. It's funky <laughs> scotch ale.
2: The Well, funky and so scotch. here's the thing: is that uh, you know what? What? So in the end, I ended up actually dumping the batch. Mm. It's to this day the only batch I've ever dumped. The reason I dumped it is because I had bottles explode, and oh. I was like, "All right, well, I'm done. That's it." You know. Cool. But the other <laughs> problem is that I did some bottles. But I also did one of those five-liter kegs. And I went to go check out on the keg, and the top of it was buckled. Ooh. So I'm like, this is a lot of beer. If it goes, something really bad's going to happen. So
0: do you, know, do you know what went wrong, or are you just, just praying for it never to happen again?
2: Uh, I, honestly, I'm praying. And um, what I did do is I replaced all of my, like, tubings and all of my, like, the plastic buckets and stuff I had. Like, yeah. I, I kind of, like, cleaned house in my brewery. And like, knock on wood, I haven't had an infection since. Yeah, that, that batch, I ended up taking all of it and uh, just dumping it in the garden.
1: You know, feed the plants. Feed, feed yeah, the plants. Yeah.
2: So I, I'm like, I, I compost all the, uh, uh, all the spent grain and then, you know, the beer went bad. So I'm like, throw it back in the garden. Yeah. Nice.
0: So you say you compost. Do you do, uh, do, you do other stuff to kind of reduce, uh, reduce uh, your waste?
2: Yeah, actually. So this is a uh, relatively new uh, and I've I've just started doing it once since, since I got back into brewing again, going back to like these Australian guys doing their brew in a bag. Mm. At the same time, I learned about brewing ba- brewing a bag the first time. Uh, I also learned about a no cool method. So basically, you take your, your boiling wort, and as soon as you're done, you run it out into your fermenter or you know, whatever other vessel you have. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's been so cold here recently that I just take it and leave it in the garage. I'll run it into a corny keg.
1: Mm.
2: Sure. Put like five pounds of pressure on it just so nothing funny happens. Mm. And so then you don't I just,
0: explode those bottles again?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then I just I just let it sit out overnight, come back in the morning, and then just put my yeast in and I actually now ferment in the uh keg as well
1: sweet I actually uh you have a YouTube video up on this, right?
2: I think my most recent one, the one where I did the uh the stouts, yeah, so what happened is with the twitch um it'll it'll let you download the video mm-hmm. so I downloaded the video of me brewing I like basically turned it into a kind of highlight video on my YouTube, yeah. And then i showed myself i think putting the yeast in and getting it ready you know
1: yeah um, actually and it was actually um that's the first time i had ever seen that technique i think we were watching that earlier today
2: well and so let me tell you the the first time i had done it mm-hmm. was actually like coincidentally enough for a sour beer okay so i i, I made a beer it was like uh like a big uh hoppy red ale mm-hmm and so what I did is I, I did a, a party guile where I ran out my, my second running sure. and I made a small beer. And then I'm like, you know what? The small beer might not be perfect for what, you know, what like a whatever Belgian red or something like that would be. But I'm like, let me just see what happens. So I ran out the small beer again, boiling hot. I threw it into a plastic bucket. I sealed the bucket and I was like, oh, genius idea. What I'll do is turn it upside down so it'll sanitize the lid. I put it upside down, and I just watched the bucket swell from the pressure. Okay. And I was like, oh, oh no, no, that's going to blow up. So, of course, I turned it back over real fast, vented the pressure, and then I was like, all right, that's, that's probably fine. I'm just going to leave it out and then just let it do its thing. Yeah. And I came back the next day, and um, it, it looked like a crushed can. Like, the, again, the pressure was so full, and then when it cooled down, it just crushed oh, itself. wow. Yeah. But as messed up as that was, it was an awesome beer.
0: Ooh. Hey, if it tastes good in a glass, we don't have to talk yeah. about the bucket
2: yeah. we
1: ruined on the way.
2: Yeah, that was uh, that was. I mean, can you imagine five gallons of boiling hot liquid just blowing up all over you?
1: No. Well, okay. No, I can imagine it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I. I. Let's I, let's not <laughs> let's not let's not imagine it. <laughs> let's not.
0: So I, I think one of the things that's really interesting uh, to me about brewing is sometimes I brew beer for other people. I'm not brewing to my taste. Brewing beer that I like to drink is amazing. So, if you do you have you ever just brewed a recipe that you weren't interested in all for somebody else? And uh, if so, who was that for, and how did that go?
2: Yeah. So um, the first time I brewed a beer that was like, oh man, you know, I I, I just need something to drink. Uh, I'm gonna. We're doing something or whatever mm. it was for my wife's graduation party from uh from uic okay and so she's an english major i went for you know teaching english and so i brewed this beer i named it come by rye okay. because there is like a poem we read in one of our you know early english classes that you know the the, the line goes come by come by it's These trolls trying to like rape women or something
1: like like yeah, just, they're known to do that Damn they're trolls. not eating billy goats they're just raping women
2: <laughs> and, and pillaging <laughs> and That's what pillaging
1: they're it's
2: but so I I brewed this beer it's this come by rye yeah and I'm like oh you know what I'll do is make an American rye ale because I was super into IPA and I loved like the uh, Beer Republic's uh, you know red rye mm-hmm. I'm like let me try rye it's the first time I brewed with it so, it's a simple recipe. It's half rye, half base malt. Okay. And I was like, oh, let's hop it up a little bit. So, I, I brewed it with, uh, what is it, Amarillo, Centennial, and Cascade.
0: Okay, all, right. all right. Nice and classic. And
2: then I threw a little bit of Simcoe in as well because I really like Simcoe. Yeah. And so, I dare say that that beer that I made like eight years ago or something uh, was the predecessor to all New England IPA.
0: like you heard it here first
2: like it was super fruity super juicy tasting and it was like i looked like orange juice uh first time i tried it, i was like holy shit we're gonna drink this really (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean actually used um, to be a
0: fault now it's amazing
2: it's 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 all the rage now and actually um what is it uh hailstorm they have, uh, Hailstorm's a local brewery for me. Okay. And they have what they call, like, a Cloud Series, which is all, like, New England-style IPA, and their they're double New England IPA, I gave a can of it to my father-in-law, and he's like, dude, this tastes just like your beer. From, like, eight, from eight
0: years ago? Have you made, so, you, did you, have you tried to make it again?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done it again. Um, I actually, uh, for category, I took, like, best for the Babel Brew-Off, which is a local you know, brewing thing. Nice. nice. So it's like the only, you know, ribbon that I have. But uh it it it's it is a good beer and I do like it, but everyone in my family's like, dude, when are you brewing that again? <laughs>
1: I'm like,
2: dude, I have other beer. Please.
1: That's there's two. there are too many beers to get through. The fact that you've brewed it more than one time. Yeah. You know I've
2: I've done that one maybe
0: like five times now. Ah, oh, good man. Good man. Making the beer that people want. You could Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm just tired of people asking, you know,
0: Stuff. Well I think it's come time for a very special part uh in the Playlist Gravity show where we take a departure from beer uh and stories and Jason throws an
1: off the wall question. Uh, that would be that would be this, Jason. Although if you I mean if you have an off the wall question for me.
2: Oh, I'll think about it.
1: Okay. Uh so my question to you is okay, so there's this dog, right? And he's on a bench outside of a park, and he has like He's not actually a dog, he's a pig. He's a pig dog. But he's not actually a pig either, he's a cat. Um, And his owners have abandoned him. Because they're awful, and why would you do that to a cat-pig dog? What's his name?
2: Uh. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say, man. Um, uh, like you so don't have cat,
0: you don't have cat, pig, dog names like picked out. Like don't you know the most popular five cat, pig, dog names? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I mean it's, it's got to be like like Rufus.
1: Rufus, Rufus, Rufus. Rufus. we we'll go with Rufus. <laughs> I
2: I like it. Yeah, Rufus, Rufus is a good one. It could be uh like Rutherford is another good one. Oh,
1: Rutherford, classy. I feel like I would yeah. vote for that cat pig dog. I feel like yeah, there's um, no way I'm, Rutherford I'm... is getting abandoned. That's
0: bullshit. Oh, no. <laughs> but...
2: I'm just a huge fan of like naming um your your pets after like battles of the Civil War. You know? <laughs>
0: all right, all right, fantastic. <laughs> Even if they're cat pig dogs, they get so many more epic battle are. names. Yeah. My pet rock. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so since you are also Jason, do you have a question uh, in an off-the-wall nature? I know he set the bar really high in terms of off the wall. But you have a question in return.
2: You are in the city, right? Yep. We are in the city. And uh, you notice you got, you got a little bit of dirt on your shoe. Yeah. And uh, a, a local patron there says, Hey, man, I'll clean your shoes for you. Mm-hmm. And he, he wipes kind. them off. He gets them nice and clean. And then you say, All right, man, what do I owe you? And he says, ah, it's a million dollar shoe shine. Oh. You say, All right, well, what do I owe you? He goes, $1 Million dollar shoe shine. Mm-hmm. What do you do?
1: That's a great, I give him my shoes. (laughs) I give him a back rub. Oh, that's too personal. That's not me. No, I give him my shoes and then I run, which is awkward because now I have no shoes. I just, I just tell him it's a million dollar back rub. I feel like if he's shiny, if I'm wearing (laughs) shoes, oh, oh, ooh, oh. Can you give million dollar back rubs? Is that a real if thing? If you can do million dollar <laughs> shoe shines, you can do million dollar back rubs. So I'll uh, hey, tell you sir. this
2: this actually happened to a friend of mine. All right. <laughs> he said, he's like, Man, look at my shoe. They're all messed up. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. He's like, I'm gonna ask this guy to clean it. So sure enough, the guy's like, I need a million dollars. And then he settled for my friend buying him a pack of cigarettes. Oh, okay.
1: Well, you know. All right.
2: So, I mean, I I, you know. A heart wants what it wants, you know. (laughs) You're like a
1: million
0: dollars or a pack. That's just like a smoker. Just like a smoker. We're like, I'll take a million dollars or two cigarettes. Come on, I just need it.
1: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Speaking from experience, that is just like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll shine your shoes for a pack of cigarettes. And I haven't had one in a long time. But I'll do it. Jesus Christ! Oh God! Why am I thinking about this? Let's, Aaron. What's up? So okay. So
0: here's here's the thing. What I want before we uh, we're, we get towards the end of the show here, and I, I want to make sure that we ask uh, every brewer who comes on the show uh, a question that I get asked a lot. People who don't know about brewing and they come to you and they're like, "Okay, man, like you could buy whatever beer you want in the store. There's so many. There's so many breweries. There's so much beer. Why do you brew?
2: I brew because, uh, and I, I tell this to the students that I had as well. I brew because I really feel like having a hobby makes you somewhat more complete of a person. Because you you think about like what you know you so brewing brewing is not something that you just know how to do right right and absolutely so you know through brewing I've taught myself about you know electrical work I've taught myself about you know soldering and about fluid dynamics and 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 all this this chemistry and all these things and. And sure enough, like I said, I I used to teach English, Mm -hmm. so I was not a scientist. And I feel like just the simple fact of having a hobby and something that I'm interested in is something that, uh, you know, makes you like, so to speak, a better person. It makes you more complete by having something to kind of like research and learn about and study and really become a master of.
0: Every episode, I, this is uh, some good stuff. And every episode, we have uh, questions from the mailbag uh, yeah. from our listeners. Right now, we only have one listener who has listened to some of our pilot episodes, uh, and he asks. Uh, he himself is not a brewer. He asks if we were starting. So this question is for all three of us, really. Uh, if you were trying to brew and you've never brewed before in your life. How much money should you expect to spend, and what should you get? And we'll let, we'll let uh, Jason, the guest, start, uh, start the show.
2: When I was on like a kind of brewing hiatus, one of my coworkers got interested, and he actually ended up brewing with me a couple times as well. So I always tell someone who's interested in brewing, I say, go online and find a kit, or go to your local homebrew supply store and, and find a kit, and just make sure it has a fermenting bucket, and make sure you have a boil kettle Mm. and whatever else comes in the kit is gravy because it'll come with like whatever like racking canes and tubing and you know maybe like a, a bottler or something like that
1: yeah right but
2: I always tell people I'm like look for the very cheapest one you can get because I bet they're gonna start brewing and be like nah I'm just gonna go buy a six pack
1: yeah
0: well I think I, I think my advice is, is kind of right in line with you I, I think if I was giving advice to a startup brewer I, I would tell them to do extract the first time so they could uh, just practice work on their sanitation, make sure that's super important, make sure that first beer uh, tastes reasonable, like an extract kit. But then honestly, I, I probably wouldn't brew without a wort chiller, so I would tell them to add that to whatever setup they got.
2: Ah, there you go, there you which, go.
0: Which might be interesting advice, given that you've just uh, on on, uh, on <laughs> Twitch showed us that we can do it uh, without wasting all that water.
2: You know, and again, like when I started, I was using just whatever like four-liter pot or whatever. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. like a 20-liter pot or something. It's a four-gallon. Just threw, threw it in my sink and, like, let the water run. Like, it'll be fine. It'll cool down. It'll be fine.
1: Oh, yeah. I would like. I remember, like, uh, taking a pot and spinning it in a larger container of yeah. ice yeah. for a while. Because it literally, like, the thing is, when you're letting this uh, wort chill overnight, you, you, you're not doing that because, oh, I could leave it less time. No, you literally need to let it sit for about 24 hours for it to come down to temperature because it takes forever if you yeah. don't do anything yeah yes yes yeah.
2: It, it really does you know like i said i i leave it in my garage for right now mm. and my garage gets to like you know 35 degrees or something uh, at night that'll do it but, that, that, that'll do it but it still takes yeah. overnight even at 35 yeah. which is amazing well, of course yeah and then i mean you know of course come summer i'll, I'll have to get my work chiller back out again i think it's like especially when you start brewing is kind of like yeah maybe like shortcuts you can take or you know the things that like aren't so to speak a necessity
1: yeah
2: uh kind of just to get your legs under you because once you get going and you're like man i can actually make beer mm-hmm. again the drive is something that makes you research and figure out what could i have changed what could i have done different you know
1: yeah i think that yeah i i i, I might forego because we went without a wart chiller for a decent amount of time. um and things were okay. I think I would forego the wart chiller. I would go with probably the cheapest kit. Uh, and that's also, I would probably start with like a, a, a an extract kit as well. So there's the, the kit of equipment. I would go with that. And then I would also make sure your first go around gets something that comes with the, the tea bag of grain and comes with the amount of extract you need so that you don't really have to put too much thought into it. And you can kind of follow the directions and get get from point A to point B as easily as possible. Because hopefully, I would hope that the kit's going to come with some sanitizer in it, right? Because that's the other... uh, My initial thought was just take sugar water and let it sit out for a while, and you're done. (laughs) Like, that's if you're going to get into it, just, like, spoil some gross water, and you'll be good. But no, honestly, I think uh, if you pick up Some cheap sanitizer in the cheapest kit just so long as you get something under your belt. Uh, you 're good, yeah, and I think yeah. you know if you 're out there uh, and you 're a
0: person who 's thinking about doing doing homebrew, I think that 's absolutely tremendous advice. but the real advice I would give is to take to listen to this and then <laughs> use the internet because the internet <laughs> can give you so much information about what you need for what you 're trying to accomplish. Um, I think starting simple though is pretty solid advice, but if you just can 't handle starting simple there 's tons of information
1: out there and tons of homebrewers who want to help you uh, do a great job. We For are, instance, you know, you can find uh on the internet, you could find Jay's beer reviews at many social media outlets. Uh Twitter, Twitch. Untapped. Untapped. That one. Um other things. Absolutely. In fact, oh I yeah, I, you know what? You you know what else you could find, Aaron? What's that?
0: Uh that would be Plato's Gravity. You can find Plato's Gravity at Plato'sGravity.com. dot com. You can follow us. On Twitter at Plato's Gravity, same name on Instagram, and then we do want to—we've uh, uh, mentioned a little bit throughout the show that uh, our guest Jason um, has a social media presence in his beer. He, he both reviews beers and then and then shows people his brew day, which educates. So, Jason, if you want to talk a little bit about that, make sure our listeners know how they can find your content.
2: Yeah, so um, I do have a, a Twitter, a YouTube, and Untapped, and uh, more recently a Twitch. Uh, all under the name Jay's Beer Reviews. And so I, you know, I got into it just thinking like, oh, I'm just going to review beer and see how it goes. And then my my one friend showed me Twitch and I was like, man, that's really cool. I'm going to see what happens. And as soon as started doing beer on there, people got, you know, into it and, they are asking questions, and I was engaging, and I, I felt really good about that. So I I'm hoping to get at least one beer every month, mm-hmm. so I can put that on Twitch, and then I'll be able to take that and put it on my YouTube.
1: Sweet. And are you are you gonna have uh, are you gonna have any kind of set schedule on your Twitch stream?
2: Uh, I, I so far I do not. Okay. But I will say uh, for your viewers, I don't know when this is going to come out, but okay. April 21st is my tentative date. For uh, I'll be making a beer, and I'm going to actually invite one of my uh, good friends to come in. He is a Kansas City Barbecue Competition certified uh, smoke master. Sweet. And so we're going to be making some beer, and we're going to also be streaming his barbecue. So um, there should be some, some beer and meat that everyone will love. We, nice.
0: we will probably be launching these episodes in the middle of June, leading into the Homebrew Conference, which is when our podcast will officially... Uh, be announced to the world so if you're listening to this now you should be able to check out that beautiful beer and barbecue at Jay's Beer Reviews on YouTube yeah
1: absolutely I however will probably be watching it live because that sounds amazing
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he uh my my friend did one uh he did ribs already uh at his parents place he was just smoking it and chilling so uh, I'm getting really excited about inviting him over and we're gonna have like dual camera setup with like my garage and with the patio and it should be cool all
0: right well thank you uh jason for taking the time to come on uh plato's gravity today to tell a little bit uh about your story and about your brewing we've really enjoyed the conversation yeah man it's been great getting
1: to know you it was great talking to you
2: yeah thanks for having me on guys i mean i really appreciate uh you know just the camaraderie that there is in the beer world so i appreciate it
0: agreed Agreed, absolutely. It was absolute pleasure, and we will see you all next time at Plato's Gravity.